Hello, hi, I'm Zanzi, and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no-holds-barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi. I'm your host, Nolutando Ngakani, and I am here to hold your hand as you seek the answers to those medical shames and woes you dare not speak of in public. No bump or lump is too embarrassing here. You are in a safe space, Nana. The month of Amor is just around the corner. That Valentine's is coming. Where is your boyfriend? TikTok is always living in my head rent free around this time. Like every year and I'm not even kidding. Always. But we have pressing matters to attend to like our friend in crisis from Sunny Derbs. Our Nonza writes, I struggle with my body image. I'm always envious of my friends. Unlike me, they have very healthy food relationships. They eat when they are hungry and leave food on their plates when they are full. They hardly get on scales and eat what they enjoy without the guilt. I eat one Kit Kat and gain a kilo. How do I get on their level where I am carefree about what I put in my body? I also binge a lot and always feel guilty afterwards. Anonza, I got you, boo. Our guest today is Nondumi Sofenyani, a food blogger who is based in the Western Cape. Fenyani has been documenting her food relationship journey for some five years and goes by Vegan Attempts on Instagram. So you basically you ran an Instagram page and it's called Vegan Attempts. Can you tell me how that started or how your Vegan Attempts journey started? I think my Vegan Attempts journey started in 2015 when I did the raw food challenge. Basically, I just spent 21 days eating raw food. And from there, I started falling in love with vegan food and just falling in love with plants in a sense. Because I think there was just something about that journey that really was forcing me to look at plants and to appreciate plants and started looking at how beautiful they are. And so when I started Vegan Attempts, it was really inspired by these creations that I would make in the kitchen, these like smoothies and different dishes that I would make, just playing around with the colors, the patterns, the shapes of the plants. So that was really what inspired me. So initially when I started, I would create a smoothie. I would literally put the smoothie on the floor and I would take a picture of it. That's how Vegan Attempt started. And it's all about celebrating plants. It's all about putting a spotlight on how beautiful these foods are and enjoying them. I always think photography is basically just like an extreme sport and stuff. So like the fact that you go the extra mile to make things look beautiful is really amazing. Thank you. It is a lot of work Mm. behind the scenes. It is a lot of work. The point of photography often is to make things look effortless. And so when somebody looks at it, they're supposed to think it doesn't take that much effort, but a lot of work does go on behind the scenes to essentially create the dishes and then style them and take photos and edit. It's a lot of work. Now let's talk about then your wellness journey. You know, was there a moment or a catalyst that basically sparked your journey to wellness? So it was definitely the raw food challenge, which I've told you about, which started in 2015. The catalyst for me because I think up until that point, I hadn't really made that direct connection between food and my health. And eating raw food for 21 days just completely changed my life. It completely changed how I look at food and how I look at food as it relates to my body. When I started, I wasn't hoping for a specific result. I was just doing it because one of my friends was also doing it. But I didn't expect to experience as many health benefits as I did. So for example, my skin got clearer. I was having regular bowel movement and that's something I hadn't thought about before that I was actually constipated and I didn't know. And when I was eating plants, I had regular bowel movement. I lost weight. 
the weight was just coming off without me actually setting an intention for it. And after the 21 days, I felt so good physically and emotionally. I felt like this burden had been lifted off my shoulders. Then I, I really started to develop an interest in this idea that food can be really good healing elements for our bodies. And ever since then, I've basically tried to figure out how do I improve my relationship, particularly with food, and actually make sure that that relationship between me and my body and food is a harmonious one, or one that actually gives me the results that I, I want, the results that I hope for. So that's what happened. But of course, even as I say, I did the raw food challenge. Eating raw food is very difficult for most people. And for me, it wasn't sustainable. I couldn't sustain it before beyond the 21 days. And ever since then, I've had trouble to even complete another 21 days of raw food. So I'm not promoting that, you know, people should eat raw food. But I'm just saying that for me, it was the thing that opened my eyes. Do you ever miss things like meat or how do you get your protein in? So one of the things that happens when you stop eating meat for an extended period of time is that for me, this is what happened. I stopped liking meats, but I was never a big meat eater to begin with. I used to just enjoy meat here and there, you know, when I in social events. And I used to eat it because, of course, it was a part of the standard diets where I come from. But when I stopped eating plants, I did find that increasingly I didn't necessarily like or care for meat because I'm flexitarian. I will sometimes eat meat because of my health conditions. I've got irritable bowel syndrome and insulin resistance. And so because of those two medical conditions, sometimes I'm required to eat a portion of meat because I cannot eat legumes and eating cruciferous vegetables essentially makes me sick. It gives me stomach cramps. So sometimes I will eat small portions of meat, but even then I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy cooking it. I think it looks disgusting. I don't like it. But I think that this is something that happens when you tend to move more plant-based. Like, you know, most people do say, I just don't like meat anymore. They say meat is gross. I understand that for a meat lover, you just can't tell me like, how on earth? I promise you, if you even went for like two weeks just eating plants, it completely changes how you look at meat. And this is something that even happened for me, even just in the 21 days of eating raw food. Afterwards, I just couldn't stand meat. I couldn't stand the way it smelled, the texture. My relationship with meat, there's nothing personal about it. I eat it when I need to eat it just so that my gut can settle down. But I don't really care for it. You know, I'm not going to pursue meat per se. If there's a vegan option, a vegan alternative that won't make me sick, I'll often just choose a vegan alternative. I find that vegan alternatives have gotten really good over the years particularly the meat alternatives. The challenge that I have is that most of them are made with legumes. So a lot of vegan alternatives are made with like lentils, for example, which upset my stomach. So I can't eat those ones. Whenever there's a vegan alternative, I'll usually go for it because I quite enjoy eating plant-based. What is then the difference between a plant-based diet and a vegan diet? There are different kinds of vegan. In essence, it's a lifestyle that eliminates any animal product, primarily from diet. So that means that vegans don't eat any animal product. So that means they don't eat meat, they don't eat cheese, yogurt, or any form of dairy. So that's a vegan diet excludes all animal products. And then some vegans take it even a step further. They don't even wear clothes that are made from animals. So they wouldn't wear leather, for example. So that would be vegans. But within veganism itself, there are different branches, different categories of vegans. There are whole plant foods, vegans. There are just normal vegans. It's a whole thing. But in essence, it's just anybody who wants to abstain from eating or using animal products in general, whether it's from their diets or from their overall lifestyle. 
vegetarian diets in general, as far as I know, and again, I'm not an expert on these things, but I'm just speaking off the top of my head. Yeah. Vegetarians, they don't eat meat or any food that results in animal slaughter, they don't eat, but they still will include things like dairy and cheese and yogurt. So things that just involve maybe extracting something from an animal, but not necessarily killing it. So vegetarians will eat those foods. And then, of course, you get, I guess, the standard diets, which generally includes all the food groups, including meat dairy. And then, of course, you get flexitarian, which is primarily plant-based, but then occasionally includes animal products. I always get confused. But, you know, also, I know that sometimes we tend to have, like, a very tumultuous relationship with our food. But how has transitioning to basically more like a plant-rich diet, like, helped you a thriving relationship with food? I've had a difficult relationship with food in general, and this includes a difficult relationship with plants, because as you know, I have irritable bowel syndrome, which means things like beans and grains and certain vegetables upset me. They give me stomach cramps. So I think that on the one hand, eating raw food and, you know, experimenting with vegan food opened my eyes to the nutritional benefits of these foods, but I haven't used that as a journey to actually heal my relationship with food. What I've had to do over the past couple of years is to learn to understand my body and understand what is happening within my body and how do I eat to support my body. And I think that for me has been the key in our difficult relationship with food is that really does come back to you as a person working through your issues. I'm not a dietitian or a doctor. This is all based on my own experience. With me, it's been very important to understand how my body works, to understand the challenges that I face within my body, and then to figure out, okay, what foods then can I eat that will help with these conditions? What foods can I eat that will enhance my relationship with food and my body? What you find now is in most cases in the diet that I follow, in this very sort of strict meal plan that I follow, it really consists of foods that help me manage my IBS, foods that help me manage my insulin resistance. And that's all. That's been my only way of basically just simplifying my relationship with food. I think that each person has to do that work. Each person has to figure out what works for them and what doesn't work for them. Because our relationships with food are complex, as you said at the beginning of this session. It's not just about making the decision that I'm going to eat more plant-based. For a lot of people, it is like that. A lot of people don't have insulin resistance. They don't have IBS. And for them, it may be as simple as saying, I'm making a choice to eat more like this. But unfortunately... For many of us as well, food actually affects us in very specific ways. The people are lactose intolerant, the people are gluten intolerant. All of these things are basically giving us information about what we should focus on when we structure our meals. And we should really listen to our bodies because our bodies are always communicating with us and telling us, no, I don't like that. This doesn't work very well with me. And when your body communicates, you must learn to listen to your body. That's what I've learned. For me, it's been important to listen to my body when it says, this doesn't work well for me, and then to change and find something else that works better for my body. So it's really about going through the body, understanding what the, what's happening within the body, and then picking the foods that suits that. For me, that's how it's been. I'm a sucker for sugar. Oh my gosh. I cannot eat other things but sugar. Give me chocolates and cookies on like in heaven. That point that you're making now about sugar, like I used to also be like that. I also used to be a sucker for sugar, particularly cookies. I later learned that it was because I had insulin resistance. Oh, okay. That was causing a craving for sugar. So sometimes that is just as simple as that. But like you might be thinking, oh, I just have a sweet tooth. Oh, I just love it. But maybe, no, you don't have a sweet tooth. Maybe you just have 
a hormonal imbalance and the hormone is triggering a craving for that food. Is there a one-size-fits-all kind of diet? Is there a perfect diet? What is the secret recipe? It, I don't think there is. I say this and I will say it until I'm blue in the face. There is no one-size-fits-all diet. And unfortunately, I see people promoting diets and everybody is promoting what has worked for them. And often they fail to mention that this worked for me, but it really may not work for you. There is no one-size-fits-all diet because we all have different internal sort of issues. You know, we all have, for example, different medical conditions. Not all of us have, for example, insulin resistance. Some people have, as I said, gluten intolerance. Some people have lactose intolerance. Some people have a thyroid issues. Some people have insulin resistance. And some people have hormonal imbalances. And then there's the fact that even our relationships with food are so different. Even think about our relationships with food as if like they are as unique as our fingerprint because they're informed by our history. They're informed by all sorts of things from childhood, from our ancestors, how our ancestors used to eat, for example. Those are all factors that will influence our relationship with food. And so that means that there is no one-size diet because what may work for one person might not work for the next person. But it is up to every person, each person, to find what works for them. That's my personal opinion. So even when I speak about food, I'm very careful. And I always say to people, like, I don't promote any specific diet because I know that there is no one-size-fits-all diet. And in any case, I could never prescribe a diet. I'm, first of all, not a dietitian. And secondly, how does one prescribe a diet to other people without knowing their medical condition? without knowing what's going on, without knowing their history with food, without knowing whether they have a hormonal imbalance. It's actually more of a, an intricate than we like to believe in. Because we, we are a society that likes quick answers, we often want somebody to just come and say, just do this and it'll work. I find that it just doesn't work that way. Everybody has to walk their own path. Everybody has to figure out for themselves what works and what doesn't. These street doctors always, especially that will always tell you to do this and do that, just won't work for you. Basically, health journey is about finding your own motion. Any advice for other ladies or other people out there who would also like to improve or foster better relationships with food? The advice is based on my own experience. But in essence, I think it's important to develop a knowledge and understanding of one's body. That is, for me, first and foremost, it is the key thing. I did not improve my relationship with food until I understood the underlying conditions that were informing how I was behaving around food. Until I understood that I had insulin resistance, I didn't know why I was having the cravings I was having, for example. I didn't know why I was experiencing certain mood swings or whatever. So first and foremost, I think that one thing we can all do is to develop this relationship of just Sticking to understand our bodies, know our bodies. I study my body like I'm studying for an exam. Like every day I'm like, okay, what's going on? What's happening? Why am I having this craving? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And you will find the answers. They are there. So you'll find the answers either through your own research or by consulting a doctor or consulting somebody. But the point is you need to develop a good relationship with your body. That one that is based on seeking to understand and know that's been key for me. The second thing is basically to be patient. I also had for the longest time this attitude that I was one day going to find this thing that was going to work and then I was going to be sorted for life. But the reality is that's not how it works. My relationship with food, my relationship with my body has been a constant work in process. 
in progress. I work on it every day. You have to work at it. For me, it has been important to be patient and to understand that I'm in this thing for the long run. I'm not in a rush. Patience, I'm working at it, at it every single day, every step of the way. And I'm listening to my body. Things like educate yourself diligently. Educate yourself about the food you're eating, about the body that you're in, how the two interconnect. So that constant research is important. It's about firstly going and understanding your body. It's about being diligent about your body and learning about the food you're eating and how it affects your body. It's about being patient and not expecting for there to be this sort of miracle solution. Even though you find the miracle solution, you always find that you're always going to be unpacking new things. So you need to constantly learn. So be patient, stick it out over the long run, work at it until you're happy with your relationship with food and your body. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame Nondumiso. For more on creating healthy food relationships, check out healthformzanzi.co.za. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or send us an SOS on 076-132-0454. I would never blue tick you, babes. Like Non Dumiso said, our relationship with food is as unique as our fingerprint. What works for you may not necessarily work for the next person. What you choose to eat has profound effects on your overall health. Food is a healer, but diet alone cannot and should not replace medicine. Put in the work, but also be patient with yourself. That brings us to the end of episode 26 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi. From me, Lulu Nakani. Have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.